Hello everybody, my name is Ben Schluter and welcome to episode 5 of this season's episodes of the Two Point Conversion. And if you can't tell from my voice, oh baby, we gonna have some fun today. Oh baby, the only thing that's gonna limit this from being under an hour is the fact that I got class at, like, I gotta get to class for 10. Uh, so that's gonna be fun. Um, so yeah, the New Orleans Saints just kinda kicked ass yesterday. We, we had some fun yesterday, didn't we? I mean, just goddamn. Just goddamn. Dude, dude. Like, you're not supposed to be this good, right? Like, I didn't expect y'all to be this good. Oh, I expected them to compete. When I did my prediction thingy, I told you they were going to compete. They were going to bring the heat. They were going to have some good defense. You know, bring something on offense. What I didn't expect was us to put up 38 freaking points. There's a reason why I started the Packers defensive fantasy. I thought the, the Saints just weren't going to do well, and I thought it was going to be about equal with the Saints and the Packers defense. were. Yeah. So the Saints defense got 14 points on my fantasy team. So I would have been better off starting them by 17 points. Oops. Oh, well, I guess the jinxing worked. Um, yeah. So, what? What do I even start with? Um, remember how everybody was like, oh, they might be distracted because of the this, that, and the other thing. It's like, no. No, we're not. We're fine. Um, we, we, we just came out there and we did our jobs and we did them damn well. I mean, game plan wise, Sean Payton, just absolutely amazing game planning of like, so how are we going to win this game? Never let Aaron Rodgers touch the football. Just don't let him touch it. We held the ball for over 22. Two, I think it was like 22 minutes in the first half. Yeah. 22 minutes. Like. <laughs> man, there's going to be a lot of yawning. Because again, still early in the morning. <clears throat> but yeah. Um, now, just amazing game plan of keeping the ball out of there. The Saints had back-to-back 15-play touchdown drives for the first time in the NFL. Since the Vikings did so uh, in 2000. So, you know, it's been a bit. It's been a bit since the team's done it. And, yeah. So, th- that was just incredible. We could run the ball really well. Here's the thing. When you look at the stats, uh, when you look at the stat sheet for Kamara for the run game, he was 20 carries, 83 yards. So, I mean... Well, he was averaging 4.3 yards per carry, but, like, he didn't have 100 yards. Tony Jones had 50 yards. Uh, granted, you also had Jameis Winston. He was running the ball pretty well. Uh, how many yards did he have exactly? Oh, he had, damn, six carries for 37 yards. Yeah, I think every carry he had went for a first down. Yeah, I'm really getting pissed off at this whole yawning thing, but it's only, it's about as bad as it is on my podcasts uh, when I do them live, so that's fine. Still, run game, just absolutely impressive. Absolutely impressed me with the run game. I didn't know we could get that much push. Like, you got a new defensive coordinator in Green Bay, Joe Barry. Um, this isn't necessarily an indictment on him. In fact, one thing I need to say before I get more into the offense, defense, and all, I don't think this is indictment. This is an indictment on the Packers. 
The Packers just got beat. The Packers got beat. Better game plan by the Saints and better execution by the Saints. I mean, me and my friend, we were talking, and it's like, yeah, that game plan would not be sustainable if we couldn't, you know, execute it. But we game planned for the Packers in a way that was like, you guys have to stop us. Try. Try. You can't. We don't believe that you can stop us and prove us otherwise. They couldn't stop us. The one time in the first half where they got points, it came on a short drive where we were kind of letting them get things and also when Aaron Rodgers had an insane throw. Other places. I mentioned Jameis Winston running the ball, throwing the ball. He had an efficient game. He set an NFL record for fewest passing yards in a game where he, I mean, where the QB also threw five touchdowns. That's kind of insane. So, and by the way, when you look at what we were doing, the first passing touchdown, granted, was a little pop pass that, like, it's a run, but it's not a run. It's a throw. It's the weird little one where basically if you drop it, it's fine. It's an incompletion. But that went for a touchdown. I mean, Jawan Johnson. This is the dude that was converted from tight end. I mean, from wide receiver to tight end. If you remember him from last year, I mentioned him. Um, Y'all should go back and listen to the old ones if you have time. They're fun. Uh, Yeah. And they don't feature as much yawning because they had more time. Hooray for me not having Monday classes last year. But you know who else seemed to not show up for anything uh, yesterday? That's right. The Packers. <laughs> this is me segueing back in. So yeah, um, Jawan Johnson. Jawan Johnson was damn good. We went for it on fourth and seven in that game. And Jawan Johnson was just like, hi, I'm wide open. It was a tight end screen on fourth and seven. Because <laughs> Sean Payton did not care. Sean Payton was like, you know what? What if we just do things? I gotta say, Sean Payton, if we can go 10-7 and 7 at the least, uh, and Brandon Staley doesn't lead the Chargers to like a 14-3 and 3 record, Sean Payton better win coach of the year. Like, unless there's a surprise coach that turns around a team, Sean Payton deserves coach of the year for having to deal with all the crap he had to deal with in the offseason. If we can go better. And I said this even before we won this game. Like, Sean Payton, if we do anything good, deserves to be coach of the year. And it's because of games like this, um, where he comes up with a good game plan, and we manage to somehow still throw five touchdowns. Like, five touchdowns in a game where he throws 148 yards. And by the way, by the way, somebody's going to complain about one call in particular. And it was a call in which James Winston threw a pick. And it was this roughing the passer call. It wasn't roughing the passer. Refs missed an, missed a uh, pass interference in the end zone, though. So it shouldn't have counted anyway. So screw it. It doesn't count. Like, you don't get that call. Because what happened was Juwan Johnson was trying to jump through a receiver. I mean, a defender. And if you know... Excuse me. Anything about the pass interference rule, like I do, because I've made myself very familiar with that rule ever since, you know, the 2018 NFC Championship game. Um, One of the ones that gets called frequently is jumping through a defender, because the defender should not be uh, having to be jumped through. That always gets called for something. 
They didn't call it there. Thought they should have called it. It's textbook pass interference. It's one of those that you see all the time get flagged. Whenever you see that, it's like, oh, they're going to throw a flag on it. There's only a couple of times where I've not seen it thrown as a flag, where it was like, okay, I'm 100% see how maybe they're going to give the defender the benefit of the doubt that they were turning around on it. Because usually, if the defender turns around and tries to make an active play on the ball, they'll give them the benefit of the doubt sometimes. Uh, depends on the refereeing crew. We had a good refereeing crew, by the way. Carl Jeffers's crew. Um, yes, I, I strive to be familiar, not with the other referees, but with the head referee. Uh, Carl Jeffers, he's always been a good guy. He's been in the league for 22 years at this point, and he still looks young. Like, genuinely, he doesn't look like he's in... I, I think he's in his... It looks like he's in his 40s or 50s. I would be shocked if he's in his 60s, and he looks damn good, and he calls a game damn good. The game went by fast, by the way. We got through the first half, and it had been an hour, because they didn't take a commercial break in the entire first quarter. Yes, the game ended up being like the normal length of a football game, because they managed to sneak in a shitload of commercials, but still, game went by pretty fast, because we ran the ball a lot. Yeah. What was the most impressive play of the game, by the way, for the Saints' offense? Oh, I don't know. Maybe it was that touchdown pass at the end. The one where Sean Payton said, Oh, wait, we haven't done anything fun today. Hey, Deontay, you want to catch this football? Whee! Hey, look, Kevin King, you got burned. Hmm. Where have I seen that before? It seriously looked like Scott. It didn't look like Scotty Miller, actually. Because with Scotty Miller, Scotty Miller got two times the separation. But Deontay Harris done burned that man bad. Deontay Harris burned that man bad. I mean, and I told you, Deontay Harris is a damn good player. I told you Deontay Harris was going to get some more, uh, you know, some more role in this offense. Yeah, he did. He did. He did really well. Yeah, and by the way, just uh, hat off, hats off to Tony Jones Jr., new running back two. 50 yards in his starting, uh, in his first game of the season, I believe it's his second game of his career, uh, after week 17 of last year, but, <clears throat> really good, I mean, you look at the run game, and everybody averaged pretty well, except for Taysom Hill, he had half a yard to carry, but hey, he also had a pass for three yards, lol, um, but yeah, Alvin Kamara, 4.2 yards per carry, Tony Jones, 4.5 yards per carry, James Winston, 6.2 yards per carry, you look at the Wide receivers we actually had. We only had one drafted wide receiver suit up for us. And they said wide receiver because, yes, we had tight end Troutman. We drafted him. We had, obviously, Kamara. But only Ty Montgomery. Ty Montgomery was the only wide receiver that the Saints had out there that was drafted. You had Deontay Harris, undrafted. You had Marquez Callaway, undrafted. Chris Hogan, undrafted. Those guys making up. Really good plays, and it's another one of those Sean Payton things, which I've mentioned before, where he loves finding random diamonds in the rough. I mean, not only that, Jawan Johnson, he was a wide receiver, transitioning into tight end, uh, he did a great job. One guy I do think did have a lesser game was Adam Troutman. Troutman had a couple of drops, including one where, had he caught it, he probably would have walked into the end zone. Um, but he didn't, and it's fine. We scored a touchdown anyway. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Can we get on to the defense, though? Can we get on to the defense? Just that defense, though. Oh, my God. We held the Packers to three points. Now, granted, some of that defense was our offense. 
in the first half, the offense just killed the clock and it gassed their defense. Our offense played defense. Sometimes the best defense is a good offense, which was apparently our entire philosophy from 2014 to 2016. <clears throat> but when I said the Saints were going to bring the heat, I meant on defense. I'm talking about with the pressures. I'm talking about with the coverage. Oh my goodness gracious, could Aaron Rodgers find a guy to throw to? Could Aaron Rodgers really find a guy to throw to? I mean, oh my god. Let's talk about the picks. First of all, let's talk about the picks. Because Aaron Rodgers threw two picks on three. There was a three-attempt stretch where he threw two picks. First pick, was that his fault? 110%. Aaron Rodgers makes a very bad decision, a very rash decision, which I've seen a lot of quarterbacks do it. It's fine. He was in that situation where it's like, I got to do something to make a play for my team, which would be taking the sack in that case because he throws a pass that he never should have thrown to Devontae Adams, not realizing that Paulson Adebo is, you know, baiting him to throw it. So Paulson Adebo's like, ooh, free football. So he takes the football and somehow stays upright and gets to the 40-yard line on the return. Aaron Rodgers really should have taken the sack. I'm talking really should have taken the sack because he's going to the ground. Like, it's going to be an off-balance throw, and there's a guy that's shadowing it. The second pick, it wasn't necessarily Rodgers' fault. He just didn't think it was possible to get picked off on that play. So, basically, here's what happens. So, you have Marcus Williams playing bracket coverage on... uh. Devontae Adams, where basically he's playing deep safety help. Aaron Rodgers decides, I'm going to throw a bomb to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and we'll see where this goes. If he can't catch up to the ball, it's fine. It'll drop incomplete because there's no way anybody's going to be there to catch it. Except for the fact that Marcus Williams recognizes this early enough and uses incredible speed. I... <clears throat> I have seen that speed from him, where I think, I remember seeing a play from him at Utah, where it was like, oh my god, how did he get that pick? This dude's a ball hawk. Like, and I've said this before, Marcus Williams is a ball hawk. He's good when it comes to interceptions. His one major flaw is tackling. But my god, can he track the football in the air, and he just runs like the he runs like his life depends on it, and he catches that ball, he secures it, and then he returns the ball like 40, 50 yards. I mean, if you don't know this term by now, you're going to learn it. It's an arm punt, because they were deep, deep, deep. Aaron Rodgers threw the arm punt. Unfortunately, he didn't expect anybody to field it. It was fielded, and then returned all the way to the 12-yard line. It's possibly the greatest pick I I saw that week. Like, I didn't see every single pick. But I saw that one, and I don't know if anybody's going to disagree with me. That's one of the most incredible athletic plays we saw. Just because of the fact that Marcus Williams had to just go all the way over, like, the entire field. Like, he has to travel, like, 40 yards just to get there. And it's not even 40 yards in a straight line. He's trying to get there. It's like 40, 50 yards, and he's got like two seconds to get there. He gets there, closing speed, bada-bing, bada-boom. Okay, it's not two seconds. It's more like five seconds. But still, he's got to get there and figure out to go there. Like, it's these instincts that are insane. And you look at that, and you're like, how does he even? How, how did he do that? I don't blame Aaron Rodgers for that pick. How can you? He didn't expect it. Who does? 
Who thinks, yeah, this guy will be able to track this ball, go figure out in midair, mind you, that, oh, Aaron Rodgers is going, well, actually, no, he's still got eyes on Aaron Rodgers, obviously, because that's the coverage he's playing, but he just turns his hips and is like, fuck it, I'm a run. And he does. And he does. And just, there was that, the pressure, oh my god, Aaron Rodgers was getting slammed in this game. I told you this defense was feisty in the preseason. I told you it was feisty. I did not expect it to translate this hard, though, to the actual regular season. Granted, and I'm going to say this as a granted, the Packers were starting two rookies on their offensive line. They had not done this since 2006. So Aaron Rodgers had never played in a game where he was with two rookie offensive linemen. And I'm talking about any time in the season. So this is their first games as NFL pros, and they have to go up against a Dennis Allen defense that has been clicking. Dennis Allen, I gotta say this, he has consistently gotten better on defense every single year since he's been brought in. If I remember correctly, his first full year as a defensive coordinator was 2016. We don't need to talk about how 2016 was. 2017, the defense gets better. 2018, that defense becomes more locked down. 2019, you start to fear that defense. 2020, holy crap, it's one of the best defenses in the NFL. And like I said, we lost a bunch of guys. The main problem is our secondary. That front seven, though, oh my goodness. That front seven is ferocious. It will clamp down. It stops the run game. How many run... How many rushing yards did they have in total? 43. They had 43 rushing yards. Their best rusher was A.J. Dillon, you know. He had 19 yards on four carries, so 4.8 yards per carry. This team ran the ball 15 times for 43 yards. 2.9 yards per carry. We ran the ball 39 times for 171 yards, 4.4 yards per carry. Absolutely monstrous on defense there. It was shut down, locked down. And then when Jordan Love came in, and Jordan Love, he got a few things going, you know. Uh, pretty good, pretty good. He then got strip-sacked and fumbled. Oh my goodness. Like, they, did, they didn't score a touchdown. I just, I'm trying to find the words for this. They didn't score a touchdown. Aaron Rodgers' QB rating was 36.8, which is worse than if you spike the ball into the ground on every single play. You get a 39.6 rating if you spike the ball into the ground on every single play. Aaron Rodgers had a worse QB rating than that. It's the worst, I think it's the worst QB rating he's ever had. This is the worst Q, uh, loss that Rodgers has ever suffered as a starter. Like, what? And this is the first week. That's one of the things. If you know anything about the Saints, you would know that they don't usually come out firing on all cylinders in the first week. Last year was weird because, like last year, it was kind of weird. We've now won three straight openers. That's kind of weird. When we did it against the Texans, we just matched up well with the Texans, and the Texans gave us the ball with a little bit too much time. 38 seconds and a timeout. Like... We had just enough time for Drew Brees to say, okay, let's do this thing. But in 2018, 
the year we made the NFC Championship game. We lost the opener to the Buccaneers. We lost it to the Bucks. 2017, we started, I think, 0-2. Like, the Saints are not exactly famous under Sean Payton for winning or looking great in their openers. In fact, we're famous for coming out flat. These past three years, though, we've managed to do something with them. And the main thing that I want to say about this whole game... Oh, I forgot to mention special teams. Even though there really wasn't much to mention there, we had a punt. And Blake Gillikin's punt was perfect, and Ty Montgomery tracks the damn thing and downs it at the five. Because apparently we get to have that going well for us too. It was incredible. I think the Packers returned one kick in that game. Didn't even get it to the 15. Or barely got it to the 15. Everything was going right for us in this game. It was actually incredible to watch. The entire game plan came to fruition. You had problems with Marshawn Lattimore being a little bit injured. And he's considered week to week now. It's not just because of his knee, now it's because of his wrist. Uh, I think it's his right wrist. So he had to get that taped up. Defense was getting a little gassed, but they stepped it up when they needed to because that pick that Aaron Rodgers threw was in a goal line situation that could have been game-changing had they scored because it would have been Rodgers doubling up, coming into, and then out of the half. Just mm, trying to put this into words, but like, dominant is the real best one to put. Again, I don't think that this means the Packers are bad or that they're screwed or anything. I think that's an overreaction from anybody. But I, and I also think it's an overreaction to say, oh my god, the Saints are going to win the Super Bowl, oh my god, this, that, and the other thing. But I don't think it's an overreaction to say that the Saints were considered dead on arrival. That they had no shot of winning this game. And then they just said, okay, screw you guys. We're going to come out here and we're going to show you that we really don't care what you have to say. And that your opinion doesn't matter because we don't think we've done anything to get worse. It's a fire that's been lit under their asses. This is a team that I don't think has that idea in mind that, yeah, our Super Bowl window's closed and slammed shut. This is a team that's come in and said, okay, we got another challenge they got to face? All right. Give it to us. We will stand up to your challenges, and we will bring our best fight. That's what this team does, and that's what Sean Payton's been doing with them. He's been giving them that vision of any challenge that we face, we can get through it. We had to deal with it the past two years where our starting quarterback went down with an injury. And Sean Payton was like, okay, next man up. Next man up mentality. That's what I'm seeing from this team. It's that they are still fighters. They are still the same just group of guys that want to win, that have that no-care attitude towards everyone else, and that they're only there to play for each other and for their team. It is a Sean Payton group. Sean Payton is doing some of his best coaching now. He's getting these guys, these random guys, by the way. Most of the guys on the offense and defense are guys that were either cast-offs or are nobodies. 
You have Jameis Winston. We all know about him. He was the guy who was supposed to be the big thing in uh, Tampa. That didn't work out. He comes to New Orleans. He learns under Drew Brees. He gets his LASIK, which, by the way, this is the greatest commercial for LASIK in the history of the world. Um, Like, seriously. If Bob Greasy was the greatest commercial for kids to wear their glasses, then this is apparently the greatest commercial for kids to just ditch glasses and get LASIK. Um, You have that. Of course, you have Deontay Harris, undrafted free agent. You have Juwan Johnson, undrafted free agent. You got um, Tony Jones Jr., undrafted free agent. Hey, Taysom Hill, he's an undrafted free agent. Uh, Who else? Marquez Callaway, undrafted free agent. Chris Hogan, undrafted free agent, was playing lacrosse. And we decided to pick him up. And what do you know? He gets a catch. He gets 10 yards. Not only that, he gets a touchdown. Like, wow. All these guys just coming together and playing that way and winning was something I genuinely did not see coming. I thought they'd play well. I thought that they could, you know, make it a close game. I did not see them winning this game. And I don't I don't know what that says about me. And now I have more faith in this team that hey, maybe they can actually do a little bit better. Maybe 7 and 10 isn't even maybe they can be better than just 7 and 10, 8 and 9. Maybe they can be 9 and 8. Maybe they can be 10 and 7. Maybe that's me just being delusional after one win. Who knows. But that I think showed more about the Saints and what they can do, and what they're willing to do, and about how Sean Payton is a game-planning mastermind sometimes, where it's like, okay, what do I need to do to win? This, 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 this. Okay, I'll do it. He's changed up his game plan. People were wondering if he could do it. Yeah, he can do it. So now it's on to Carolina. First division game of the season. And I'm very intrigued in seeing what happens. I am just left speechless. This reminds me of how I felt after the Bucks game when we won 38-3 then. Because what more can you say other than I did not see that coming. I'm genuinely impressed. And I hope we can keep it up. Really, I've never been this shocked. Because with that Bucks game, like, yeah, I was incredibly shocked. But looking at it, the Bucks also did not play their game plan well. They ran the ball five times, one of which I believe was a um was a kneel down. So they really ran the ball four times, and they completely abandoned the run game way too early. In this one, that's not what happened at all. The Packers did their best. They tried their best. They tried to execute their game plan, and they couldn't. The Saints outplayed them. The Saints outmatched them. And the Saints even outschemed them. They did everything better than the Packers did. What were the Packers going to do? I don't know. They really... It's not like they had no shot coming into this game. It's that the Saints played so damn well, they made sure to shut that window. That's really the best way to sum it up. The Saints just plain outplayed and outperformed the Packers. And the Packers really had no other chances. We knew what we needed to do. We brought the heat. 
the pressure, the coverage was good for the defense. Offensively, we gassed their defense. We made sure to get everything that we wanted to do done. And we just made them look like fools. And that's what we have to do. We have to have good game plans and we have to execute them. And that's how we're going to win football games. Is If we execute our game plan well, we can beat any team in the NFL. So that's going to do it for this episode of the two-point conversion. Um, I'm going to have the link to the GoFundMe that I'm still doing for Hurricane Ida Relief that's going to be going on the entire month of September. Don't forget, tomorrow night, it's Tuesday. It's goal to go live. I have Wi-Fi now, so I can do that up. Uh, which is going to be the charity stream. We're also going to be breaking down this game and the LSU game more than I did yesterday. Um, And yeah, be raising some money there. So be there at twitch.tv slash T-E-P-I-G-L-O-V-E-R-1. That's twitch.tv slash T-E-P-I-G-L-O-V-E-R-1. Doing that at 8 o'clock Central, 9 Eastern. Um, You can also find me on Twitter at capital B-E-N, capital S, capital L, capital A, capital S, P-O-R-T-S. Yeah. So I've been Ben Schluter. This has been the two-point conversion. Hope you have a fantastic week. And until next time, bye-bye.